After Dark with Mark. Have you fucked up yet? Welcome to After Dark with Mark. Today I received Lee Rubeck, a gentleman, a huge gentleman from South Africa. Lee, thank you for doing this, my man. Mark, it's an absolute pleasure, man. I've got a lot of respect for you, so I'm uh, privileged to be invited onto your show, man. Well, thank you for that. Uh, like, I mean, you you are a very big guy. Uh, were you playing some some sports like contact sports of, of something of that nature because I could see that if someone would see you when you were young uh, probably say oh this guy would be great at rugby or like things of that nature yes um, as a matter of fact I actually played rugby for, for about 10 years so um, so yeah I'm six six point five foot um, uh, tall and um, and uh, for those of you out there, for your listeners out there that um, that know a bit about the game of rugby, um, you know, I I was the lock forward. I was the guy who jumped for the line out in the ball. So so yeah, my my size did count in my favour uh, in terms of sport. So so that was well spotted on your side, man. Yeah, like I mean, <laughs> the first time I shake it to your hand, it's just like, whoa, okay, I cannot <laughs> I cannot mess with this guy. You know, it's gonna just like crush me, put him in his back pocket. <laughs> I think I'm a bit of a gentle giant, Mark, so, so you are nothing to worry about. Yeah. Um, yeah, you are a gentle giant, actually. That's, that's really what I see from you. you. Everybody which is around you really like to be around you. You've got that very nice vibe. Now, there's a, a really crazy thing that happened to you not long ago. And, mm-hmm. um, and I know that, you know, we were talking before, like, is that what you want me to talk about? I think that that's a good way to, to discuss that because most people would absolutely freaked out. And that was something really bizarre that happened to you. Would you, what would you say happened that make you change your approach? And first of all, like, just explain to us what happened uh, during that, that uh, event. I'll be glad to share, Mark. Um... So three weeks ago on um, on Sunday the thirteenth of January, I was um, I was hijacked. I was carjacked. So um, you know, most most of the uh, speakers or um, you know individuals that I've been connecting with uh, from around the world, it's almost like it's unbelievable. But I'm from Johannesburg, South Africa, and I think it's pretty well known that you know Johannesburg is one of the crime capitals of the world. So. So there's a lot of robberies, house robberies. There's a lot of um, violent crime. There's a lot of hijackings. Um, so, so I mean, you know, you as maybe coming from Los Cabos, Mexico, maybe your listeners are out in Canada or the US or wherever, they come to South Africa. And I don't want to turn everybody off, anybody off our country because we've got an absolutely beautiful country. Um, but you come here and you you'll find electric fences or burglar bars and everything, you know, is, 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 is secure because that's the kind of life um, that we experience out here. But anyway, back to um, <clears throat> my experience on the 13th of January, it was a Sunday afternoon. And um, I no, in the afternoon, in the middle of the day, middle of the day, quarter past two, the afternoon. 
so broad daylight mark um and um i was window shopping just not too far from where i stay i was i got out of the car it was in the parking lot you know like a little uh, um a mall or shopping center and uh, there was no one really around and and i got out to look at some um tables and chairs dining room sets that were in through the through the window and this car pulls in so um a uh, volkswagen uh, motor vehicle pulls into the parking lot and um there's blue lights on the dashboard so i assume it's a cop car and they roll down the window and they say you know we've got news that somebody tried to break into one of the stores here and uh the next moment the passenger jumped out and the the, the guy behind the driver jumped out firearms and um they bundled me into the boot of my little um my little uh, Volkswagen Polo so a small little vehicle um i don't know if your uh, listeners in their areas or their parts of the world have those type of vehicles but a small car and um you know luckily they transferred me into the bigger boot but that's where i spent 3 hours um the next 3 hours so you're in and, the trunk uh, of the car i mean yeah. guys you have to see lee is a big guy <laughs> you know is a big massive guy so you're in this little tiny trunk uh yeah. it, you are in johannesburg south africa uh, what's yeah. the weather uh, what what's the climate right now at this time like on, on sunday afternoon 2 o'clock in the afternoon Look I actually checked the weather out for that day it was actually 30 degrees celsius and i don't know in terms of conversion what that would be to fahrenheit but it was a pretty hot day it was a sunny it was a hot hot day so um you know i it literally felt like an oven in that boot because not only do you have the the heat from the exhaust pipes at the bottom um but the heat was coming from the top as well so it was extremely hot in there. It, it it was it was okay when the car was moving um because the the air conditioning system some of that coolness was coming in through the the backboard you know in into the the little space that i found myself in but um but at some point the hijackers stopped now i don't know so i was in their vehicle in the hijackers vehicle and at some point they stopped um i think they might have been scanning uh, my car or going through my car to find a tracker so you're in Johannesburg or in South Africa for that matter most of the vehicles um you know especially the the more expensive vehicles have um um trackers in them not that mine was an expensive vehicle but most of the expen- you know they have uh, tracking systems in them and uh you know obviously the criminals know that they've got to get rid of it because obviously they'll have helicopters onto them or um uh, recovery teams onto them so so at some point they stopped and i think that was about a half an hour because hijackers actually asked me you know please give us half an hour um you know while i was in the boot and i said to them i'm getting really hot in here and um and they opened up a small section like the ski ski hole of the back of 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 the back seat so so um so yeah um but but funny enough mark and this might sound strange the longer i spent in that boot the calmer i became it was um it was actually a very enlightening experience that that might sound strange but it was it was something that really i felt introduced me to to the true power you know that i have within in 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 terms of the thinking power because um as much as as you know things were tumultuous around me and 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 i found myself in a very very tough and um and tricky situation i could still control uh 
what thoughts I was entertaining. And, and, and I think that was the big lesson for me. Now, when you're saying all this, most of the people, and I want you as well to, to talk about how you would have reacted in the past, because right now you're a student of the, the mind, you're a student of the thinking mind and how you can think to create the type of future that you want. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been studying um, um, psychology and personal development ideas around the mind for, for the past six years or so. And, um, oh, <laughs> I cannot imagine how I would have reacted to that same situation. Um, and you're laughing right now because you no, know I, that that would have turned really, really bad. It would have. I mean, you're a big, you're a big guy, so you can make you can make things move if you want to. Look, probably, and um, you know, um, fortunately, I've got a little four-year-old boy, and and uh, by the name of Zach, and fortunately, he wasn't with me on that Sunday afternoon. You know, if he was with, out of absolutely rushed him, uh, firearms or no firearms. Um, I suppose any parent, Mark, I suppose you would, you would have done that, you know, if, if, if your little girl was with you and you found yourself in a similar position. Um, but, but I'm glad he wasn't with, you know. Um, and I think, I think, you know, that would have changed the dynamic, but I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. But going back to, to, to before studying, you know, this thinking power and, 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 and harnessing it and channeling it, um, I think I would have been a mess. I think I would have been a mental mess. I would have, I'd have been all over the place. I would have, I would have, I mean, I, that three hours would have probably felt like, um, like a lifetime. It would have, mm-hmm. I mean, soon into the, about 10 minutes in, I, um, I quickly realized I'm not in control of this. I, I said um, to the big man and, and hopefully your, your listeners out there are, you know, inclined to, um, to a relationship with this higher power. But I said to the big man, I said, you know, I'm not in control and, and your will, whichever way this thing is going to go, I, I accept it. And that, and that gave me a sense of calm. Um, and, you know, <laughs> the three hours almost felt like a half an hour. <laughs> this is what it felt like to me. But when I recollect what happened, or I replay my thoughts, it's, Mark, it's almost like I had a thousand different thoughts come across the screen on my mind. And... And one of the programs I'm involved in is there's a story that's told in in um, in one of the lessons around um, Maxwell Maltz, who was a Viennese psychiatrist who um, who spent the war years in in a Nazi concentration camp. And um, I think I think you're referring more Victor Frankl, right? That's the one, that Victor Frankl. Yes. Victor Frankl, yes. and. Um, you know, he spent the war years in a Nazi concentration camp. And he said, you know, that um, this ability or your, your and I and your listeners' ability to think is the last of human freedoms, you know. I mean, think about this. This man was in a concentration camp in Auschwitz. He was, think of the intellectual, physical, and emotional abuse this man was subjected to. And he said he could still choose to hold a positive picture on the screen of his mind. And that was one of the stories that played in my mind in that trunk of that car, in that booth. And, um, and I thought, wow, I mean, if, if that man having gone through that sort of experience can say something like that, what I'm experiencing here pales in comparison. 
and also, you know, gave me the sense of calm. Um, yeah, man. But, but, but obviously, these stories or these ideas that were crossing my mind um, all come from, from my study of the mind or my study of personal development. So it, it, it was a huge, um, and I know you into these ideas and you study it also in, in great depth. And, and um, it really served as a great strength or uh, at a very tricky time for me. It's like it almost came to the fore. You know, it, 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 it came to my, to my aid. It, 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 it really showed up in a big way for me, man. Like that, that's something, I mean, we had that conversation before and, and, and what I was asking you is like, why do you believe that happened at this specific time, which there's a bunch of exercises that you were working on, which was exactly about having a calm mind. And it seems that this event came into your life exactly to challenge you and says, okay, you know, you playing with the big boys now. Uh, you want to have a calm mind. So let's see how you can handle that. Um, well put there, Mark. So, so um, like you say, I've been studying a, a lot around the calm, uh, developing a calm mind or a, a calm disposition. And um, I've joined a group of, of, of speakers and of coaches, consultants from around the world that have been rewriting since the 20, well, I joined them on the 24th of October. We've been rewriting a chapter called Serenity by, um, by an author by the name of James Allen. And that chapter is from a book called As a Man Thinketh. And um, so obviously rewriting this chapter every day and replaying these ideas um, really sinks into a deep part of your mind. And, you know, over the 90 days, I was, I probably hit about four other circumstances or situations where I was tested or my serenity, my calmness was tested. You know, I had an issue with, with um, a conveyancing attorney who, um, you know, I wasn't happy with. And, and sad to say, I actually lost it. Even though I was studying serenity, um, I lost it in that situation. I, I, I visited a tailor and I felt that the, the end product, the garment that he, he, he produced was also, you know, um, unsatisfactory for, for the kind of money I was paying. So I also kind of lost the cool, my cool with this, with this man. Um, uh, you know, maybe not in, in nastiness, but definitely in, in words and definitely in um, my temperature or my um, losing my cool, basically, in terms of, you know, um, my temper. But, 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 you know, situations like that. And there was another two, so there was an issue... Um, with some family as well and, and another. So there was four previous issues and it's almost like because I was rewriting this chapter on serenity, I took it so seriously and I really wanted to remain serene and calm and poised and, you know, in control constantly. So there were four other situations and this last situation literally came towards the end of the committed 90 days. And it's almost like the most terrible, the worst kind of situation that you could ever imagine was literally um, thrust upon me. And like you say, you know, it's almost like you're rewriting this and, and it's almost like you're putting this idea out there and it's almost like there's this higher power or the, you know, whatever you want to call it, um, maybe just the gods, <laughs> I don't know what you want to call it, but it's almost like this higher power is saying, okay, you want to roll with the big dogs, like you said, Mark. So now I'm going to put you to a proper test. And, um, 
maybe don't believe exactly God would put me in that situation. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to, to, um, to analyze it maybe correctly or, or, or verbalize it, but it was a big test. And, you know, I'm so, so proud of the way I pulled through that particular one because man, calmness came to me or over me. Like you cannot believe. And, um, and it feels good. It feels good, Mark, you know, when you internalize something um, at that level. I mean, 90 days, rewriting a chapter for 90 days, that's a serious commitment, man. So and Lee, see, yeah. Yeah, and most, most of the people would have seen this as, as a major fuck up, as a major, and you said it, if you would have not done all that work prior, you would have probably been a mess because it, it can create some serious trauma for the majority of people. And I remember that some people were talking to you after that you mentioned that and everybody's, Oh my God, it's terrible. And I hope mm. you're okay. And mm. you could feel their own insecurity toward what have happened to you. But still when you recanted this, event you are talking with such calm and you can revisit the the experience and you can see okay you know what i did a major quantum leap into my my understanding of this material my understanding of myself and i know what true serenity is all about absolutely you know um the idea is that that we into Mark, it's, um, it's almost like it's a lifeline. It's, um, I mean, I've mentioned already, it came to the fore. It's like a blessing in that booth. So, so my mentor was the great Bob Proctor, Canadian speaker, tornado. Um, he often says, he says, you know, that, um, he was, he was in a seminar, I think, one, one time, and he, he was listening to Michael Bernard Beckwith, who's another speaker. He tells the story often, and he says, you know, Michael Bernard Beckwith says, you know, in any negative situation or any, uh, you know, anything that's not going well, the, he's got a three-step process to it. So, firstly, it is what it is accepted. And then, secondly, harvest the good. And then the third step is forgive all the rest, right? So in that boot, this was another idea that came to my mind. Was it, it is what it is, Lee, accept it. You're in the situation, you're not in control, so accept it, right? And then immediately I started harvesting the good. So what was the good in there? Oh, um, thank goodness my little boy was, wasn't with me. Uh, mm. My sister was supposed to come out with me. Uh, you know, to, 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 to look at some furniture. She's a 22-year-old student. She's an attractive girl. If she was with, with four guys, four hijackers, out of four, out of four, there's no question about it. And, and, and I, would have, I would have been willing to take bullets. I would have absolutely been willing to take it. And, um, so but she wasn't there. Kind of, so that was another good part into this that you could see and put in the screen of your mind. Absolutely, absolutely. Another good thing was, was these ideas that were literally coming across my, the screen of my mind also. So I speak as well. And before I go on stage, I use a breathing technique and I'm laying in the boot and I'm using this breathing technique and, you know, to calm and center myself. And I'm, you know, I'm even grateful for that. I'm thanking this higher power for, for 39 years on, 
on 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 earth i'm i'm recounting the good and the bad and i'm and i'm and i'm really feeling a profound deep gratitude honestly in that because that was the only way remember it's all a point of view it's all our perception right mark so so even in that situation i could no matter how it was going to play out even if i wasn't going to make it out of it alive that was the last corner of this world that i or my world at least that i could control was the way i was going to look at the situation and um I mean, obviously, you know these type of things, Mark. But the ideas we study is, you know, they can be bad all around you constantly. But it doesn't need to get in you. Um, like Viktor Frankl says, you know, last of human freedoms. We can control uh, what pictures we entertain on the screen of our minds, what we think. So, um, yeah, man. <laughs> that is, uh, I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm trying to, to imagine what it can be. And even into those situations, you have the lesson which are coming back and are helping you to be in control of your situation. So you are in a trunk of a car, mm -hmm. yet you are in control of that situation, which this is the part which I think that if someone doesn't study this type of material cannot comprehend. It's just like, yeah, but how... How can you be in control when you're in the trunk of a car? Well, you were in control of your thoughts. You were in control of your environment. You were in control of how you felt. And because of this, you were able to harvest the good which was coming from your mind. I don't think necessarily in, in control of the environment because these hijackers were in control of that, but definitely in control of my mind. And... and um, they couldn't force me to think anything I didn't want to think. So South Africa is, as you mentioned, is very, very dangerous. Jonas board, particularly. How do you, how do you teach this type of information so that people can, can look into it and say, you know what? I still going to go ahead and do what I need to do because I don't want I don't want to live in fear. I don't want to, to have this. Because if you would let this situation, which a lot of people would do, something like this would happen to them. Now they don't want to get out of their home anymore. They will never go out like, alone. Or they would just say, like, you know, that's dangerous. Or they would change country, et cetera, et cetera. How do you, how do you give an advice to someone which is fearful or something similar have, have happened to them? Look, I suppose, Mark, you, we have to be cautious. We have to be cautious. I mean, we have to be realistic also. Um, you know, as much as you can control your feelings and control, um, you know, whether you're feeling fearful, like what you've just um, explained, how most people would be fearful after uh, going through a traumatic experience like that. Um, you have to be cautious. So, so I think I've just uh, kind of, you know, bumped up that in terms of my um, frame of reference, in, in terms of just being a bit more cautious. But, you know, the mind is the last bastion. So if there's any advice maybe that, that, that I could give after my experience to others would be to fortify your mind. You know, um, 
I mean, if, if, if we left in a permanent state of psychosis, which most people in South Africa are living in, then, um, then they've actually won, man. Then these criminals, these no, uh, no do-gooders or these guys that are up to no good, they'd have won. They'd have won. They'd have won because, but look, we've also got to be realistic and we've got to take, um, you know, obviously steps to protect the family and to protect ourselves and, and um, you know, know the right places to go to. Even though, I mean, this happened on a Sunday afternoon in a place that I could never imagine it would happen. And um, I mean, it's not like I was even out there driving in dangerous parts of the city looking for it or asking for it. Um, it's probably one of in one of the nicer suburbs, and um, yeah. But that, you know, um, my advice then would be just to fortify your mind, to to strengthen your mind, and 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 to study, study how the mind works, study your thinking, and and really harness that power. Because yes, we got to be realistic um, and practical, but we can still choose what to think. And you want to inspire the the people from that area so that they are living a life which is full of abundance and opulence and, and greatness. So you don't want people to live in fear. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, there's a, there's a wonderful quote for those of your listeners out there that, that, um, that are interested in, in, in studying personal development, maybe busy, busy with it at the moment. There's a, there's a book by, um, actually the greatest um, success teacher of all time. He was an author by the name of Napoleon Hill, and he authored a book called Think and Grow Rich. And um, in that particular book, he says something. He says that um, every setback, every adversity, every failure brings with it the seed of an equal or greater benefit, right? And um, another idea, Another idea that played in the, on the screen of my mind on that Sunday. And, um, you know, since then, I, I, I've been continuously asking um, God. I've been asking, I've been saying, Dad, you know, what good is going to come from this? This is probably one of the most negative experiences I've ever had. But what good is going to come from this? Even if it's to inspire others, I don't know. I mean, you know, I've, I've obviously posted some information around this um, experience on, on social media. And there's been... You know, um, individuals that have contacted me as a result, there's been a lot of responses. I mean, you even being on, on, on this podcast with you, I mean, I, I believe this is an opportunity maybe that we can inspire others. I, I, I don't know. But, but some good has got to come from this. There has to be something. Um, there has to be. I don't know. I'm, I'm, looking, for, I'm, I'm looking for it. I, I, there's kind of been a positive spin-off already. Um, but maybe I'm hoping for a much bigger um, positive spin-off. What's your goal for the rest of this year? Because we're in the beginning of the year. This happened right in the beginning, which mm-hmm. if, um, if you would have not studied this material, if you would have not been working on your mind to fortify your mind, Maybe you would have just said, oh, that's going to be a shitty year this year, mm-hmm. which a lot of people are having those type of events which happen in the beginning of the year, and they're already setting themselves up for failure for the rest of the year. 
and they're already like thinking, oh my God, like if I can just like skip this one. If it started this way, oh. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So no, look, like, um, what, what, what are you seeing uh, happening? Because I, I see that you're seeing this more as a, a ramp, a launching ramp for something <laughs> great. Absolutely, Mark. Um, I genuinely feel that way. Like I said, um, you know, it, it, it good's got to come from it. I, I don't know what, but there's some big goals to answer your, 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 your first question. There is some big goals around the amount of people I'd like to coach through my uh, coaching businesses here. So, so um, I'd like to, um, to at least get about 20 individuals per month um, uh, into, my, um, into my coaching program. So that, that's the goal. Uh, it's a, it's going to be a big stretch. It's, 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 it's going to be a big tall ask from, from where I'm standing now, but, but maybe this is going to be that um, launching pad, like you said, um, to help move me in that direction. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not going to let this, this experience um, weigh me down at all. Actually, there's a, I, I can see something similar to what happened with Bob. And I mean, that's, that's not similar at all. The, but Bob, I have a saying is like, if the things is so bad, because mm-hmm. I don't know if you, the audiences know about the story about the first book that Bob wrote, which is called You Were Born Rich, you were born which rich, he had yeah. this, he had this manuscript and, uh, and it was, he was just finished the manuscript and then he was going from one place to another and was in the cab and forgot the manuscript in the back seat of the cab. Now, at the time, you can imagine that there was no cell phone and you could not reach the, the cab driver and all those cab things. Mm-hmm. He tried to find it, couldn't find it. So he went home and uh, lost his manuscript, was just ready to go to print. Mm-hmm. And his wife asked him, like, you're not, you're not, uh, you're not depressed? Or he's like, no, he's like, this is so bad. This is so bad that it has to be great what's going to get out of it. <laughs> it is so bad that it has to be great because there's a law of opposite, the law of polarity, right? Everything mm-hmm. has an opposite. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you experience something like this, the opposite of that has to be something absolutely great. When we work our way around, right? It has, I completely agree. So look, that's, that's obviously now how I've got to try and analyze and and find out um, how did that story play out for Bob? Well, he, he rewrote the book like mm-hmm. out of his mind because he didn't have notes and it was not on a computer, right? We're talking mm-hmm. about, mm-hmm. you know, in the beginning of the 80s. So it's not that you had a file on a computer. So he had mm-hmm. to, rewrote, to rewrite the book and he did. And it became a bestseller, uh, got translated into multiple languages all over the world. And... Um, now he is the master on changing the mind and paradigm. Do you know if he said that the, the second iteration or the second version of the book was in, in fact better? I think he did. He did say that. I think he did uh, say that it was, it was so much better. And uh, he was really grateful, actually, that, that he lost that for his manuscript. But it's all, it's all a matter of angle, right? The mental angle we look at things, things from, right, Mark? I mean. 
I believe I mean, that that's exactly what it is. And this is the re one of the reasons I wanted to, you to be on the podcast is that you can express a different angle that most people would have seen this as the worst experience of their life. Now, not that it was the best experience of your life, mm -hmm, but I can mm -hmm. see you looking at this situation and, and looking at what is the angle I can take out of this that's going to profit me and my family and the people around me. Yeah, yeah. It's, um... But if you're not thinking or, or operating that way, then we're just a plaything for what's happening outside of us. If we don't take control of this thinking power, then, then you and I are just being controlled by conditions, circumstances, and people that are around us. Constantly. And it's not what happened actually for the majority of the population? Yeah, probably saying 90, 95% of people out there um, are being controlled by what's happening around them, I'd say so. I mean, you know, when you get into, in, uh, into studying these sort of ideas, you quickly realize that there's a very small portion of the population that really gets into studying the mind and how it works and, and, um, and, and how to take control of it. And this is what you believe that definitely make you see this situation better, but even have saved your life. Most definitely, Mark. There's, there's no question about it, man. I think my calmness um, actually calmed them down. It settled them down because you got to remember and these guys are probably more nervous than you are. They're probably more anxious because they don't know what they're walking into. I mean, they're living on the edge all the time, right? So they don't know if they're walking into a, a man with a firearm, a man that's, or someone's going to come around the corner, or there's police behind them, or they, they don't, they have no idea what they're walking into. So they're on edge. And I think as the victim in the situation, if, if, you remain calm and, and poised and serene and in control um, in terms of your emotion and, and you calm the situation because all about energy, they can feel that, they can feel that. And I think I actually calmed them down because, it, and you know, as much as they took some money from my bank account and you know, it was, they, you know, there were a couple of swipes on my credit cards, I obviously gave them the pin to, uh, to my cards. Um, you know, Sometime during that experience, I just found um, that I, my experience with them was that they just got calmer and calmer. And, and, and maybe it was the thoughts that I was entertaining in the trunk of that vehicle, man. Well, Lee, I want to thank you for taking the time to share your experience there. I believe that you might have inspired. If, and if we inspired only one person here, I believe we did our job because I cannot imagine the type of trauma that it can be if you don't have the right, the right mindset. So I want to thank you for taking the time to share this experience with us. And I'm looking forward to hear more about your success and how that you helping hundreds of people in South Africa to have a better mindset. Mark, thank you for having me on your pod podcast, man. And it's, um, 
it's been a pleasure um, sharing my experience. You know, it's sort of maybe also just me getting off. And, and yeah, if it, if, if, yes, if it inspires one person, I'm a happy guy. Even one person, I'm a very happy guy. Um, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, I, like I said, I respect you a lot for, for the success and for the many lives around the world that you are changing. So, so I'm very privileged to be on your podcast here. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Lee. I'll talk to you, man. Cheers. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please write a review and subscribe to never miss a future episode of After Dark with Mark. As well, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mark Jospitre.